This is The Neutral Position, hosted by Nick Palmisciano. Bringing honesty and reason back into conversation. Here's your host, Nick Palmisciano. Hey guys, welcome to The Neutral Position. Today I have Robert Dufresne, former Special Forces operator, all-around good guy, musician extraordinaire, and now entrepreneur. He's on the show because Nate Fair, my good friend, who you guys saw a little while ago, said, if you don't have him on the show, I'm never going to talk to you again, and I'm going to move to the top of a mountain and never play more music. (laughs) So, Robert, welcome to the show. Tell us about yourself. Thank you so much, Nick. Well, um, I am a musician now. That's all I do. Uh, I spent a total of 32 years uh, either in the Army on active duty or working for the Department of Defense. That's a lot of years. It is a lot of years. You don't look like a man that has been working for 32 years. Well, thank you so much. I look like a man that's been working for 32 years. No, you don't. I'll give you 30, 31. I I look like, you know, know, Hollywood. I mean, Hollywood Hollywood looks like he's been working for 32 years. No, totally would not expect 32 years to come out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah. I would have guessed that you're like, you know... 38 you know maybe knocking Gosh, on the, maybe man. knocking on the maybe like a well-groomed 40 yeah. I, I, I wish i felt like that <laughs> but i don't so you know what made you join the military oh goodness i as long as i can remember having memories mm-hmm. i wanted to jump out of airplanes and uh, be an army guy so uh my mom's first husband phil uh my dad, uh, he was in the army. He was uh, uh, in the infantry, and I just remember I grew up mostly at Fort Benning. I was born in Honolulu, mm-hmm. but we moved uh, shortly, you know, shortly after uh, I was born to Fort Benning. And that's, I just remember uh, that's a rough transition. It was You're like, really, yeah. oh, I was born in paradise, yeah. and now I'm in the opposite of paradise. Well, I I didn't even. You know, I I don't really even have any memories uh, of being in Hawaii. I've been back many times since. I was just there last week for a vacation, and uh, what a beautiful place. But, you know, as a child, no real memories of it. No memories of it, yeah. My most impressionable memories from when I was a kid was just, you know, seeing green army trucks rolling around. Is your mom Hawaiian? She is not. I was adopted. Oh, okay. Yeah, I... I was adopted, uh, I forget how many months old I was, but at about a year and a half uh, of age, yeah, we moved to, to Fort Benning, Georgia, and that's when I was hooked. You totally ruined my, my setup. I was setting it up for the question of, like, how are you treated in Hawaii if you ah, were Hawaiian? Right. But, you know, that, that you ruined that. Thank so. you very much. <laughs> that's my goal. <laughs> Ruin various various strategies you guys have today. Like, oh, this show's I'm out of here. Yeah. You know. Sorry. So Fort Benning, now Fort Moore, right? Fort Moore. Oh, yeah, know, that's you right. Know, you don't know. You yeah. don't know anything. Why am I why am I asking? Yeah. Uh yeah, now Fort Moore. And uh yeah, that is uh I spent a lot of time at Fort Benning. It's not the worst base. It's well. it's not the worst. It's not like no. Fort Polk, you know. Where's Fort yeah? Polk? That's in competition for being the worst, I think. Yeah, probably. Fort Polk. Fort Polk is up there for being the worst, I think. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think about what would be worse than Fort Polk. God, I 
It's 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 tough. It's tough. <laughs> it's, that's a tough one to beat as far like as badness goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a uh, how was it growing up there? I loved it. Oh, you uh, did. You I, loved it. I, I loved it in Fort Benning. But you know, I was a kid. Yeah. So I had my little microcosm of friends and um And it's safe. So you're run, you're running totally around. They let safe. you run probably freer than Oh yeah. if you weren't on base. Yeah. yeah. Running through the woods yeah. uh during the day. It was uh, kind of the cliche of, you know, uh, didn't come back home until the street, street lights, lights went on, yep. all that stuff. Yeah. Digging holes, yep. uh, throwing rocks, you yep. know, Classic. in the woods, things yeah. like yeah, that. Rock fights. That's God. right. That's a thing. I haven't thought about that in a while. Like <laughs> yeah. when I think about like what my kids are allowed to do versus like what we did, it's like, Hey, let's have a rock fight. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is an obvious bad yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. There was always one kid that like, you know, for the most part, it's like little rocks, right? The kid who There's always one kid who's like, like, Hey, that's a baseball size rock. Like, Dude, Jimmy. what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like on, you just man. brained Chad. Now yeah. we have to bury the body. That's a certain type of person. Who's the kid that like grabs the boulder and just chucks it at you point blank range it's like yeah i don't have much in common with that kid yeah you ruined all the fun you, you yeah. ruined it now Hope you're happy now we can't have a rock fight yeah i grew up uh on the water in massachusetts and we used to have jellyfish fights oh my gosh yeah. <laughs> well <laughs> and, and rest, you win i yeah. said i said that i said that to my kids the other because we were, we were in uh we were at the beach right before school started and like you know, one of them found a jellyfish, and I was, and it just blur. I just blurted it out. I was like, "Oh, these are the same ones we used to have jellyfish fights with." Yeah. I thought you were gonna say record I scratch. Did, I thought you were just gonna yeah. Say. It was a record. So they were like, "What do you? You did what? What yeah. do you mean? Yeah. You know?" Because there's like a time of year where there are just a ton of jellyfish that basically wash up, you know, near or on the shore in Massachusetts, and it was like we were kids and we were always like on the beach, and it was like. Hey, we can chuck these. Every once in a while, you'd pick one that stung. Yeah. You know, but for the most part, it was like those moonbeam ones. I don't know. They're, yeah. You know, they're all clear. I actually have a traumatic childhood memory of my brother, who's seven years older. You know, and I so I was like maybe six. I don't know. I I didn't know they wouldn't sting you if they're like. I just remember him chasing me across the beach with a jellyfish and like eventually like chucking it at me. So as soon as you said that, like you took me back to a dark place. Do you want to talk about it? Maybe later. Or are you going to let us actually talk <laughs> to our guest? <laughs> God, you're the worst, Dan. I like what you're doing. Thanks. <laughs> you keep that up. I got you. So, you great childhood, Fort Benning, and yeah. this leads to you joining. It does, because I was just surrounded at that time with, you know, guys jumping out of airplanes, uh, people running around in the woods. I, I could see, I remember from our neighborhood, uh, I could sometimes see, you know, uh, parachute flares and stuff mm -hmm. going off and yeah. uh, you hear explosions in the distance. And yeah. I don't know what it was about me, but there was just something that was extremely like, alluring. About I need it. to do this. That's right. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to do yeah. ever since I can remember having memories. That's probably because as a kid, you never had to go through CIF. That's right. They don't show that part. <laughs> the dark underbelly <laughs> of the army. Oh, my gosh. So how old were you when you joined? I was 17. And you joined into what? Uh, 11 Bravo mm -hmm. Infantry. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh, uh -huh, had a Ranger uh -huh. contract. And I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew I wanted to, you know, do something along those lines. So my first assignment was 2nd Ranger Battalion. And uh, loved that. It was a short stay. What years were you there? Uh, I got there in 90, right after 
everybody returned from Panama, which was which is must have been a tough. great time to get to Ranger. That Battalion. must have been tough. Yeah, because they were all like, "Oh man, I am a badass. That's and right. You are terrible. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and they were, <laughs> and they were, and I they was. Were. Yeah, yeah. But it was yeah. it was the to me it was the best place uh, for me personally to start out in the army. I learned a ton. You know, at that age, I mean, like they they always said, there are two kinds of rangers: strong ranger, smart ranger. Mm-hmm. You know. I'd like to think that I was somewhere in the middle, but of course you get there. You're just learning. Uh, I was, I got very strong, yeah. very quick, just doing a <laughs> lot of push-ups, being a dummy. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I don't know. I think it served me well later on. And then you transitioned from Ranger Regiment to SF. I did. So I gotten hurt. Uh, I went down the road to um, a personnel service company while I healed up. And I, for a little while there, I was giving... Um, PCS briefings when people had to, you know, be reassigned from Fort Lewis to somewhere else. I would just kind of walk people through the paperwork uh, as they. That's tough, man. Yeah, it was tough going from uh, from what you were doing to that. It was horrible. Yeah. But I made a lot of friends. I learned. That's like a whole MOS. It totally is. There's a person that went into the Army to do that job. That's right. And God bless him. That's right. (laughs) You know, I, I gained a lot of perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um. Which, which I needed. It, it um, you know, I was still growing up at that time. And yeah. then you, you get to uh, the Ranger Regiment, and yeah. it's like, you are the best ever. And those guys are. Uh, but then I, I left, um, and while I was healing up, I'm did, like. Did you have that haircut? I totally had that yeah. haircut. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, you did. Back in those days? Yeah, you yeah, did. Always. And I kept it, you know, when I, I left. Um I remember people looking at me like, like, what is wrong with you? What's yeah. Yeah. What is, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I learned a lot more about the army in, in those, those, those months, that period of time Mm -hmm. that it wasn't all just infantry and who are this and, you know, a bunch of badasses. People are, there are people that do all sorts of things in the army and they are in their own ways, badasses at whatever it is. So having that experience early on, I think really served me. Uh, later on in life, not just in the army. And then at some point, my friend Dan Mackey was going to go to selection and he talked me into it. I had no idea what it was. I just, he was like, nobody can stop you. I'm like, what? No one can stop me from going. What is selection for the non-military? Thank you. Uh, Yeah, uh, it was SFAS at the time, Special Forces Assessment and Selection. Gotcha. Yeah, so it was just kind of uh, the initial gate to get get your foot in the door to determine whether or not you are a, a person who's ready to go tryout. through that training. Gotcha. It's a tryout. That's yeah. what I figured. It's a yeah. tryout for the training. Yeah. Oh, okay, got you. So gotcha. it's like it's not like if you pass, no. you're now special forces. If you pass, you're allowed to try to be special forces. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. The That's army right. loves gates. Yeah. And and to be fair, like those gates actually are in, incredibly important because. It keeps people for sure like people that are not inclined to do things, you know, that that won't get off the X, so to speak. Yeah. Like they never get to do these things. And that's an important part is like if it's all teed up just because somebody can kind of endure uh, probably isn't enough. They have to want to take the steps and go through the grind of getting into the system because that's what's going to be necessary to kind of keep succeeding once you're in. I so. think you're right. 
You know, that's yeah. one of the things the Army does that is annoying, but I think actually makes sense. I agree. My my buddy Dan also came from the Ranger Second uh, Ranger Battalion, and at the time it, he found his way. It was kind of the that's just where you went if you were hurt or some for some reason you had to you had to leave the Rangers. Uh, they were just at that period of time sending everybody to that personnel service company because everybody can move paper and stuff like that. Yeah. We didn't know how to do it well. The professionals did that, but you yeah. know Dan came over. He's like, "Hey man, I'm going to go to selection. You want to go with me?" You know. And yeah. like so I said, you, so you go. I just went. Um, I made it through on my first time. Uh, I'm going to chalk that up to a lot of dumb luck and just being that age. I yeah. think I was 20. Yeah, I was 20 years. I had just turned 20 years old. Yep. So, you know, I was 195 pounds of what the Twist, fuck's next? Twisted steel and sex appeal. That's right. You know, and dumb enough to think that, well, this is perfectly fine. This yeah. is normal yeah, yeah. army stuff. Um, unfortunately, I don't. Dan didn't make it that that time. I don't think I think he went back like three times and uh, for whatever reason didn't make it. I remember him telling me one time, well, Rob, I think God just wants me to be airborne. I'm like, I don't know, man, maybe so. But yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You're awesome. But uh, yeah, that set into motion what would end up being the, you know, so how was the, how was course. the Q course for you? Um, Man. So maybe so tell long. maybe tell everybody what the Q course is, like what the steps what the steps of the Q course are, and and like what that looked like for you. Well, uh, yeah, for at, at the time the Special Forces Qualification Course, that's where they get the Q from, uh, was I want to say eight months long for me. It's different lengths for different MOSs. I got chosen to be an Echo, which is Communications Sergeant. So for me, that started off with two months of you know, eight to five uh, international Morse code. Um, and it was horrible. That was your first phase. That was my, yeah, for me. Okay. Because I had been yeah, chosen yeah. as a, a communicator. I, at, at the time, back then, they don't do that anymore. But at the time, you know, our backbone communications was Morse code. Long haul, high frequency, you know, You still know communications. it all? You still know it all cold? Yeah, because 100%. Because I, I always, like in the movies... When it, when every the aliens or whatever like take out our main communication systems, <laughs> right. some generals always like use Morse code, and yeah. like the guy at the keyboard always knows it. And I'm like, I don't know anybody. Like I know SOS and maybe a couple of things, yeah. but like I don't know anybody that just knows Morse code. So you do. Yeah. You could do like a and whole now conversation. Know one guy who does. Yeah. A hundred percent, I could. So if the aliens come, <laughs> if the aliens come but but we need yeah, a yeah. Robert on the other end. Otherwise, we're just so. <gasps> otherwise, some yeah, poor some poor specialist <laughs> is going to be like, I don't know what this means. It's like a lot of beeps and dashes. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's about what it is. Um, it, it was it's amazing now that I look back on it. Uh, what horrible, boring days. You know, you're crammed in there with I don't know. There must have been. 50 or 60 of us and you know everybody's got headphones on and uh i mean that's all we did all day every day you for just months more, you just you just fucking morse coded all day that's it and i mean i gotta tell you that sounds horrible yeah it was horrible but uh you're totally you're totally ruining everybody's vision of special forces right now <laughs> so nerdy it's like the biggest badass is on planet earth <laughs> what did you what was your training like did you did you jump out of planes did you have to kill a pig with a spear well uh, actually we uh we uh, put uh, headsets on <laughs> and right, we did yeah. morse code for uh, three months <laughs> that's right oh 
Oh, okay. oh never mind. Okay, well, that's that's cool, too, I guess. It's so funny. As far as gates go, I mean, there were people who never made it out of that. You know, you had to... I wouldn't have made it out of that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I almost never made it out of it. You had to get to a certain proficiency level yeah. for sending and receiving Morse code, or yeah. you did not go into the next phase. And that wasn't really even the Q course. Yeah. That was a precursor to the Q course for people who were chosen to be communicators. I think at the time they were sending people who didn't make it in that to some other MLSs. Bravos or something. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or Charlie's for yeah. some people. But there was a lot of math yeah. in Charlie's. Yeah, so Echo, some people they didn't only make picked the smart that. kids for Echoes. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call it smart. Very, very geeky at the time. Um, yeah. No, it, the smart kids get, get yeah. chosen as the Echoes. It was, you know, I wouldn't change anything now yeah. when I look back on it. But that was two months of that. And yep. then... Um, Just two months of... Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Two months of, of dots and dashes. That? Yeah. Where was that? That was a Fort should, Bragg. Should we do a test? Yeah, now Fort Liberty. Dan, look up how to how to like say some oh, sentence, man. and we'll do this test. Now the anxiety. <laughs> what, what, what would I like, say? Well, we're gonna keep talking, but you find <laughs> you. I, I bet there's like some app that'll translate it into Morse code, and then we can, uh, okay. then we'll give him some Morse code okay. and see if he still has it. You know. Um, I'm about to fake a seizure and fall down. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get you off the hook, making a seizure. <laughs> so, all right. So you, so then the, you go to the Q course. Yeah. The, the Q course proper after the yep. the two months of Morse code indoctrination. Yeah, it was a long haul for me. Uh, I think after that it was six months. You know, a lot of classroom time, months in the classroom, learning the craft, learning the the principles and theory behind uh, everything, and of course all the strategery. You know, um, gosh couple months in the field, uh, learning small unit tactics, mm -hmm. uh, which was very easy for me, uh, starting out at second range of battalion. Of course. Um, but you know, there were people at the time who, I mean, that was their first time being introduced to that because at least at the time you did not have to come from a, a combat arms MOS yep. uh, or job in yep. the military. You could be anything. I remember a dental assistant, a friend of mine went through selection and he did great. I don't know how he, you know, I think he became a medic. Um, so I don't know exactly how the Q course went from him, for him, but yeah, yeah. Uh, and then of course the culmination exercise at the very end. Was it to make was sure. it Robin Sage back then? Was yeah. it called that? Yeah, still was. And did you have any issue there, or you just no. kind of trucked right through it? Uh, I mean, it was you know there were tiny micro gut checks here and there, of but course, of course. yeah. But you uh, you you basically crushed the Q course is what you're telling us. In, I, I, in your very non arrogant <laughs> way, you're like, I you rolled right through all this. I I, I wouldn't say I crushed it, but yeah, I okay. I had a great time in the Q course. I I also did in selection again because I was yep. so young and I didn't know. I really in selection I thought I was doing the things that what I had previously imagined like every day of the army. This is what it's going to be just carrying heavy things and being really dirty and miserable i wanted all that you yeah you know turns out i really needed all that it served me well later in life but uh yeah so beret book of truth now you're sf what do you do now goodness i i went back to uh, i had chosen fort lewis mm -hmm. so i went to first special forces group uh which is that's where it was headquartered um i chose fort lewis because that's where all my friends were before. And it's funny to me when I look back on it now because I had not yet learned that this is not how the army goes. 
It's not how it works. Yeah, I went you, back there. You don't there. get to be with your friends. Yeah, I, I thought yeah. everybody'd be there. And, yeah. you know, that's how young I was in the Army still. Yeah. I get yeah. there, and it's like, man, there's nobody here. It's like, where'd they go? Oh, that's right. That's not how the Army works. Yeah. They're somewhere. They're deployed somewhere or doing a training exercise. Yeah, they or, got yeah. PCS'd. Yeah. 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 But, uh, again, I, I wouldn't change anything. I, I was raised by, you know, a lot of really awesome people, leaders in 1st Special Forces Group, and I, I credit them with yeah. really kind of setting me on a path to... And then, and then Okinawa. Okinawa, yeah. Yeah. How'd that happen? Um, yeah, 98. I was coming up on my first four years in group, so it's time for a change. Um, I asked for 1st Battalion in Okinawa and, and got it. I ended up doing eight straight years out there, which was a feat, um, but, you know, not by any skill on my behalf or anything, but that's just kind of the way it turned out. And, uh, yeah, gosh. A lot of really good years. Yeah. You're making me reminisce in my head right now uh, about that, the people. That's what we do here at the neutral position. Yeah. We bring it back to the real <laughs> thing. So any most memorable moment? Well, I know you have you have so much more you want to talk about in your current life, but most memorable moment from the military. Boy, that's tough. It can't be something lame like yeah. looking out into the sun. You know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which I did daily so for 26 staring years. Staring straight into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Hoping it would burn my retinas. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, I'm not going to belabor it, but you know, there are just too many for me to, to pick right now. When I come up, you know, at some point as we're talking, probably something will dawn on me. But, you know, mostly it's the people. Uh, really crucial to kind of uh helping craft the person that i am today hopefully i'm doing them proud but uh yeah just the people that so i've met man. one thing i like to ask people is so what led you to get out because you didn't retire from the military you made a decision to get out what made you get out well i did retire what i was saying earlier i i uh just made a decision after i was in uh on active duty i retired at 26 years and then became a department of defense civilian uh, gotcha, gotcha that's what i did okay. not retire from I, I probably honestly stayed in a few years too long uh, on active duty. And that's just, you know, hindsight being 2020. Um, boy, it just so happened to kind of coincide with a, a difficult time in my life. And so, um, I don't know, I guess my give a fuck factor about certain things really just kind of waned. Like probably beyond the point at which I, I should have. You start, yeah. you start becoming, you yeah. start asking yourself, am I negative? Am I, am yeah. I, am I being the negative guy? Yep. Yeah. And at that point, you know, you're so long in the tooth, you don't want to be, you know, the old grumpy guy. Yep. I remember meeting some of those guys who, who were great, uh, yeah. you know, and served their purpose. Um, but I can only imagine what a magnificent, you know, younger guy some of those people were. And I didn't want to become that. I don't, didn't want to be jaded. Um, but yeah, I remember one day, uh, it was a meeting, <laughs> you know, um, at that point in my career, I was in a meeting and I just started hearing things that were like, man, I wish I had a dollar for every time I've heard that, you know, and here we go again. Um, but I didn't want to crap on the idea. I just stood up and left the room and went down to the S1 and said, I need you to send me every 
document that I need to submit my retirement today. By the end of the day, I'm going to have my packet in. Wow. That was it. So a meeting did you in? <laughs> it was a meeting. I, you know, I, I don't even remember what the meeting is, was about, but you know, you can imagine. Uh, I'm sure there are people who are identifying with who this. was running the meeting. You don't have to. I don't mean names, but like, was it a colonel? Was it was it a sergeant yeah. major? Was it? Yeah, I, something like yeah. that. It was definitely in leadership. Yeah. But of, it was of that the new idea year. that was an old idea that you had seen 14 times already, and it hadn't worked any of those times. That's right. It was something like that. And you just didn't want to be the guy that was like, "This is dumb." Yeah, yeah, because I that's that doesn't help anybody. Yeah, one of the things that that I think people that have never served in the military don't realize is that the army is always dumb. <laughs> you know so much truth to you that. know yeah but we're like all places are dumb you know mm -hmm. so like the the more people involved the dumber an organization gets and one of the things yeah i um i was very hard on leadership when i was in the army like the 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 thing that broke me the most about being in the army and i was only in for a little while it was like no one ever lived up to the expectation that was made for us when we were cadets. Because I was an officer, you know, yeah. so and I, and I was a West Pointer at that. So the yeah. worst, the worst, the worst kind. <laughs> um, but no, there was like you had, you know, you, you do all this training, you know, as a kid. And it's like honor, integrity, you know, doing the right thing for others. And then often... You know, especially past the rank of captain. So the majors and the current, like you see them do stuff and you're like, man, that is that is yeah. not what we're supposed to be. And same thing, like I've always wondered and it, and I think it's a little different in SF, but I've always wondered how like platoon sergeants, amazing. First sergeants, amazing. Sergeant major, like what the fuck happened to you, bro? Like what happened? I mean, not always, not always. Right. There are exceptions. Yeah. You know, and I'm assuming you were a sergeant major, so I, like, you know, I'm not trying to. Or, or were you an officer? I was not a sergeant major. Okay. What, what or were, an officer. What were I, you? I I got out as a a sergeant first class. Oh. Yeah. That's an interesting story. That's right. <laughs> there's there's a there's a whole story behind that. <laughs> I want to hear that. Know. I want to hear that story in a second. Um, but like, I I just I've. I had this idyllic vision of, which is not fair, of what military leadership was supposed to be. And that weighed heavily on me. There were other things, like my family, like, my, you know, my ex-wife basically was like, we can have kids or you can stay in, you know? Yeah. And, and I agree with her. It was a fair because she didn't want kids, you know, me gone and you know whatever yeah but it's tough but, life people but live. the military leadership thing now this is the part i didn't understand when i got my first civilian job you know fortune 100 company it was worse <laughs> oh man <laughs> yeah so so i don't mean it was worse like the company was worse yeah but the military leaders suddenly didn't look as bad and then, you know, as you get older, you realize none of us are perfect and we all have problems and, yeah. you know, there's things we all can do better. Um, there were only a couple guys where I, like, I truly think they were bad people. Everybody else looking back, it's like they were doing the best they could. They just had holes in their game. And yeah. if I was a, if I was a better officer, I would have tried to fill those holes instead of just like, 
you know, you motherfucker. You yeah. know, like, but right. you don't you don't think like that when you're in your twenties. In, in your twenties, no. you're like, you know, do your shit. Why aren't you yeah. doing your shit? What's wrong with you? Why, you know, like it's it's a different mentality. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I can really identify with that. Um, I luckily for me, you know, you said you think uh, maybe it's different in uh, SF, uh, special forces. You know, it. I don't know. You know, I, I, I think probably it's not that different. Um, but I'll tell you, God, I have so many people, so many amazing people who really helped me uh, in the Army. But but also, man, I, I did even if I didn't get along with them, uh, especially now with uh, the benefit of having, you know, lived more life. And now mm-hmm. I can look back on it. Yeah. I mean, they were just great they were doing great. And, yeah. you know, uh, everybody's got a blind spot at that, at that point in time. You know, mine was just not, not having had their jobs. I'm not in their position. So it's really, uh, it's dangerous, you know, to, I guess your relationships with those people to not have the perspective and then, and, and judge them, uh, poorly on it. Now, don't get me wrong. I still judged, you know, oh, yeah. but now I know. Yeah. God, man, those guys you, you were take, dealing with things I was not dealing with. You take a little bit of the edge off yeah. when you, as you get older. It yeah. becomes hard. There are things that I still judge people on, but it's few and far between. Yeah, It's like overt shit I will judge. Like if you are purposefully trying to like ruin someone's life, steal, yeah. cheat, whatever it is. Like if you're purposefully doing those things, but like basic human failures, like I might remove myself from being around a person but i'm not gonna yeah. get into like you know because i know i've got holes in my game too yeah you know yeah man we all do most yeah. people are trying you know it's like everyone well, i don't know if that's true but some people are not yeah <laughs> some people are trying true. the opposite direction but yeah i think you're you're right that's a that's a good rule i think for people to follow it's also a hard rule to yeah to to apply to your own life when yeah. you're you know, young like we were. I try to give it. Time. I feel like I try to give, like going into something. I try to give the benefit of the doubt of the like. I think my d- default is someone's a good person, right? Until they prove me wrong, like that. That's kind of my default going in. And I like. I think as I've gotten older, I'm like, you know, empathy and being kind is like the coolest thing you can be. You know, you've been uh, watching. You've been watching a lot of Gary V lately. Gary V. Vanderchuk. No, no, that's his I don't know who that is. That's no, totally, thing. yeah. No, but like I've gotten older, and I'm like, you know, I have like a nephew, and niece now, and I'm like, man, the thing you, that like you sound like an influencer. The right thing now. that like like I'm gonna teach him as an uncle is like, dude, being kind is cool as shit. You know, yeah. like being empathetic is cool as shit. Like be those two things. Um, and so yeah, I try to like understand if, if someone's doing something that maybe I don't like. I try to at least understand them first, and then you're right. There's people who just like don't give a shit, yeah. and uh, like are are bad people. But you know, for the most part, like I can usually understand where they're coming from, and and sometimes like people are in a bad place in their life, and yeah. you know, um, so some of their decision making or the way they treat people is not doesn't even have to do with other. You know, it's it's all about like where they're where they're at in their life, and so. I can have empathy for that too, but that's yeah. a bigger conversation. So truth, man, it's a good thing to assume though, that, you know, this guy's uh man, he really seems like a douche. Yeah. But maybe there's something else yeah. going on yeah. you know, that I'm or just not aware of. Or maybe he's a douche. No, <laughs> there are, there maybe are douches. Douche. Either um, way, you may have to, you know, 
cut sling load and move yeah. on from that kind of for person sure. because yeah, regardless sure. of where that person might be in their life like this is not working and so for sure. change needs yeah. to happen right now yeah for for your own mental health for sure it can be like all right i need to cut ties but i think it keeps you from building too big of a resentment if you can try to under like you know even if i do have to cut ties with someone like there's no need for me to hold a resentment um right. because that just hurts me like that doesn't affect them at all um like a, a seed of resentment can grow into into something big so i try not to like hold i'm not a big like grudge holder, yes, I guess. Hosting on the yeah yeah i mean like i mean you're just you're just <laughs> dropping influencer tidbits left and right I've I've never listened to a like an influencer on any of that. I stuff, just fade but. away. That's my thing. Like <laughs> like once somebody has created like you know continuous discomfort in my life, whether it's like they're not they don't come through or they you know whatever it is whatever mm-hmm. like they just I I just like fade away. Yeah. Like there is no conversation. I'm just yeah. like you know like yeah. the oh, Homer yeah, Simpson okay. in the bushes. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm just I'm just saying like you know there's a lot of people who like hold hold like grudges for so long and it, it's like. You know, move on if you have to move on, but it's I'm that's a, that's I'm not a grudge guy. It's yeah. not. It's, it's so toxic. For, yeah. It's exhausting for you. And so. also, they don't know exactly. That's what I'm saying. The resentment like, only hurts the person who's holding yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's in the Bible or something. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I'm leaving the company to become a TikTok influencer. Hey, Nick. do it. You should do it. Perfect. You should follow your dreams. We'll before. get a more talented. I've probably person. never right. been on TikTok. Uh, I think my work here is done, <laughs> guys. So <laughs> you've unlocked something in me. So. Okay, I got to ask, though. So you're like, I'm done with this SF bullshit. And then you become a GS civilian. Yeah, right? <laughs> I feel like oh, that wasn't goodness. a big enough step in the right direction. That's right. How was that transition? You're right. How was that? Well, um, right after I retired. Um, Who'd you work for as a GS civilian? Uh, at, for the Department of Defense. Oh, I, mean, like, I, I got you. Uh, so it was a unit on Fort Bragg that shall remain nameless. Got it. So um, great bunch of people. Yep. It was an amazing opportunity for me, you know, just as an American. Like I, I went to work and was just in awe, you know. It was really nice. But you're right. It was not far enough away. That's from, not far enough away. Yeah. And, you know. Because you probably also were sitting there going like, man, I kind of want to get it back in the game because this is this is what I've done. Yeah. And what a is a little bit of that. What is right. that job? There was a little bit of that. Yeah. What is that job exactly that you were that you were doing? Uh, like, I, was, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, I, I was just uh, I was a, a staff officer in operations. OK. And, um, you know, so a lot of planning. A lot of kind of uh, wrangling things and making coordination, uh, trying to come up with good ideas regarding what could be done against uh, a certain mission set. Gotcha. So it was, it was comfortable. I'll say that, Um, too comfortable for me. And what I probably needed was to get a little bit further away from uh, my my military active duty kind of lifestyle and things that I dealt with. We should shamelessly plug Jason Van Camp's book right now. Jason. I love Jason. Van, do you know Jason? Yeah. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, that's very so cool. awesome. Jason Van Camp wrote a book called Deliberate Discomfort. It talks about how in order to progress in life, you need to put yourself in deliberately discomfortable situations. <laughs> we know discomfortable is not a word, but you should read it. it is Jason now. Van Camp, Deliberate Discomfort. There's my shameless plug. All right. 
<laughs> How do you know guy. Jason? Did you serve with him? Or? Uh, I did, yeah. We were, um, the unit that I retired from active duty from, Jason was there. Oh, um, cool. Yep. And so uh, I Before actually. Before or after injury? After his injury. Okay. Yeah. So after, he was on his, his way out and he had already started to do, um, gosh, what was it? He had already started to kind of uh, dabble in what would become his uh, thing after the military. Mission, Mission six, Essential. Mission Six Zero. Yes. Yep. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Mission Six Zero stuff. Yeah. And so, uh, cool. yeah, it was it was a really interesting thing for me, um, but also you know kind of in my comfort zone, and I just thought it was a great idea. I had an awesome experience the one time that I actually went and did. Uh, you know, a, a job with them. It's where I met Tom Amenta. Tom Amenta. Uh, yeah, totally awesome yeah. dude. Um, he is. Had not previously un- known unbridled him. Unbridled en- uh, energy and never stops talking. Gosh, yeah, man. Never stops talking. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Tom it was, was so great, though. Tom was my COO at, when, at Ranger Up for, That's right. for eight years. And so, like, it's funny. Like, uh, like he and I were so used to operating – that like I basically didn't hear him anymore, you know, oh like like yeah. unless he unless he like had eye contact with me, but he'd be like just going and going and going, and like other people would be like listening, and and I'm just doing my own thing, and like you know he just he is a he does not stop, he does not stop, but he's a machine. He is a machine. He's a machine. Smart guy too. Very smart. Good guy. Very smart. But yeah, uh, that's how I met Jason. Uh, and that was really cool. I love to see, I love what he's doing. Uh, and I really should have, had I known, had he written that book at the time and I read it, uh, I probably would have opted to, to do a little, uh, something different a little bit earlier in my life, but But that's all right. Yeah, it is. All right. Yeah. And you you slow, you slow rolled your way out. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Actually, it's funny. Uh, one of my bands, uh, that I'm in, uh, was formed. I'm not going to say which band, just because you know uh, breadcrumbs and all that stuff. But you know, it was we all met at that unit, hmm. um, and it just started out as sort of this uh, blow off steam. At the end of, uh, of, the, of each day, we got together with a bunch of people. Who were we all found. your were, were all your songs just bitching about majors? <laughs> right. Was it like we've got entire albums? And then that- he made a PowerPoint. <laughs> 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 That was a that was a cover band, but if we had ever done any original stuff, I'm sure it would have been like, yeah. And he told me to change the font. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not doing it in Calibri, Major Thompson. Sorry. Uh, That needs to become a song. (laughs) Yeah, that needs to become a song. We can make that happen. Maybe we can collaborate on that. Okay, I'm down. So yeah, that kind of uh, want that to be a band now, you know. That um, there, that it, job actually I'm, helped I'm me to just, transition. I'm gonna throw this out. Yeah, there are currently no influencers that just sing about stupid military shit all the time, <laughs> and like you know, that that could be one of your things. Um, you know, sign me up right now. You know, I'm, like, I'll I'm help. Totally write, I'll help write the lyrics. You need to write a song called the E4 Mafia. Oh my gosh. You're right. I bet you somebody must have done that by now. The close parody guys out there. The only I'm trying to. So there's a there's there was an Air Force band called 
also called Dos Gringos. That's so weird. Yeah. Isn't that, that so weird? Yeah. That, 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 they just sing about being pilots and how pilots are assholes. And then about the same time that we were in, there was a band called The Sound of Swick. Oh, I've heard I've and, heard their music. And they did a song called What You Gonna Do, PL. That's right. That's about going to ranger school. Oh, my gosh, man. But I can't think of anybody else that, like, just sings about army shit. And It'd so, probably be good for the soul I mean, just to get some of that stuff out I there. I mean, just, the like, levity. you know, something stupid. I'll help you write lyrics. That's my only contribution. Yeah, no, okay. I'd be happy to be you know? in on production and, <clears throat> and, you know, I could be back, part of the band. I could be, like, backup vocals. <laughs> yeah, you know? I, I'm not good enough know. for any kind I can of help actual... phrase some of the vocals. Maybe. I won't be able to write any yeah. original stuff because I'm not an yeah. army guy. you got to kill that, though, because it's going to ruin our audio. I, I can help mold the, the lyrics to fit together. I help write melody, play instruments. I'm in. I mean, yeah, yeah. What you're gonna do, PL, was like a staple, and I and I, you know, I was I you was. You were a platoon leader, right? Well, that's what. So when you're at Ranger School, you know the the second and third phases, right. like platoon leader, is the big graded job. Okay. You've got to pass fifty percent of your patrols to pass Ranger School, and you've got to pass fifty percent in each phase. And that's an officer position, right? No. It's, not? No, it ro- it, it is in the regular military, oh, okay. but at Ranger School everybody just rotates. Oh, everybody does. Okay. So what happens is like at Ranger School things always go south. Everybody's tired and people don't know what they're doing and you know. So things go south, the RIs are always like, "What are you going to do, PL? You know, what you going to do, PL?" So that's what the whole song Got is it. about. It's worth listening to, but not right now, Hollywood. <laughs> not right. Hollywood's playing it in the background. It's yeah. flaring, you know. Anyway, yeah, those guys had a whole album or albums. Yeah, I think Sound of Swick. If you guys, yeah. if you've never heard them, they they were wildly amusing back in the back in the nineties. That's true. Back when you really had to like, you couldn't just make an album. Uh, you couldn't just pull up Logic or Pro Tools and make an album. You actually had to like have like a record, like find recording time, like yeah, you know, pay for a studio or you know. I didn't even think about that. That's right. You know, everything I don't is, know how they put that together. Everything is easier now. Yeah. Everything is easy. No, it sounded so, good. What so they the were first doing. time that I, I I heard sounds of Swick, it wasn't on YouTube or anything. It was like uh, a friend sent me an MP3 file, and like I loaded it into not before. What was the before everyone was on iTunes? Back when iTunes was still cool, and you could actually load your own music into iTunes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You remember, like you could yeah. put your. You could put your CDs yep. and, and whatever. That's gone. You yeah. know, now they just like, but but what was before that? It started with a K. Kaza. Kaza. LimeWire, Napster, yeah. Yeah. I actually, Kaza. the I first that. recording equipment I ever had, I downloaded off LimeWire. It was Acid Pro 3, um, which would have been in the early 2000s. So depending on when they, I mean, they may have had some of that early, like available recording equipment, but they probably, if it sounds good, they probably were like in a studio. Like, but I think it was before, it had to be before. I'm trying to think now. No, I think it was 90, I think it was 99. I think it was 99 when I, I heard that song for the first time. Maybe, maybe it was later though. Definitely was not as easy to create any sort of content back then. Yeah. It was a different time. I think you're right. I have no concept of time. I can't remember when that was. Um, I heard it. I heard a song or two much later. I I know that. But maybe it was later. I'm thinking now that it was later. Maybe they came out in like 2003. 
Could be. I don't know. Doesn't matter. It was anyway, great stuff. Anyway, my point is, yeah. <laughs> you're a musician. Let's get back on target. You're a musician yeah. that spent 26 years essentially in special operations. Yeah. I feel like this is the moment. What we just figured out happen. is your new business plan. You're going to okay. become the ultimate influencer that does music about the military. Now, you obviously will still have all the music that, you, that you're doing now, but yeah. like you need an alter ego. Um, What's his alter ego? Okay, yes. Is it Sergeant First Class Billingsworth? Could, that's it's, it's one idea. Billingsworth? <laughs> not bad. I like that a lot. That's Steve Martin, right? I don't know. No, no, I just, oh, I just made that up. I think I... I don't know. What's I don't Steve think it was Martin? Steve Martin. No, he was. Uh, no, he, he, he was a, uh, Bilko. 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 He was Bilko. Ah, yeah, Sergeant, Sergeant Bilko. Bilko. That's right. That's not a bad name either. <laughs> I was trying to think if it was one of the. Uh, what's che Chevy Chase? Uh, a character that always took Fletch. on different. Fletch. Gosh, I love that. They just tried to remake Fletch with John Hamm. Unfortunately, I gotta oh, tell no. you, it was not. It was yeah, bad. and I love John Hamm. He's great. He is. I can't even think of who John Hamm is. Uh, I don't get out. Mad, Mad Men. Men. Oh, okay. Don Draper. Don yeah. Draper. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And he was also the admiral. Didn't. Top Gun. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was Don Draper. Yeah. Okay. It. It did not work. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> I mean, well, I wouldn't have touched that uh, yeah. because my gosh, what are you doing? That's you, such you, a classic. You know who. You, who could do it that I always thought like that they were maybe related before he got big is Ryan Reynolds. Oh yeah. Ryan Reynolds. I think Ryan Reynolds steals a lot, not steals, but like, I think there's a lot of Chevy chase and Ryan Reynolds. Very similar. He's just so handsome is the problem. He's I'm, handsome. I'm saying you're, I agree with you completely, but people don't see him that way because he's so handsome. When like his delivery in uh, a little bit of arrogance. Van Wilder, Van Wilder, yes. I just, I was like, man, this guy has to be related to Chevy Chase. And I, like, looked it up at the time. You know, I was like, but no. Nothing. Yeah, there, yeah, there's definitely that. Their delivery is the same. The, they deliver high. Yeah. You know? And the, and the, the, the kind of the, like, cocky, a little bit of cockiness, Cock, arrogance. Cocky, totally. not where yeah. devil may care attitude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... We're going to launch your new music career as a military influencer. Let's do that this afternoon because <laughs> uh, I don't have a show to play until the evening. So. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Imagine a media agency that can make a documentary that qualifies for Academy Award voting. Imagine another that created a billboard charting music video for Five for Fighting. Imagine... Another that has raised so much money for nonprofits in its first year working on the Classy.org platform that at the end of the year, it was named as only the second marketing partner in Classy's history. Imagine another firm that can cover your events anywhere on planet Earth and provide a compelling series of videos about those events immediately and to your needs. And imagine another still that can help your e-commerce business take it to the next level. Now imagine that they're all the same business, Diesel Jack Media. Some of you might be saying, hey, Nick, isn't that your company? And to that I answer, can a company like Diesel Jack Media really be owned? Or can it merely be coaxed out like a beautiful butterfly on a spring day? As you listen to this podcast that, by the way, Diesel Jack Media created, 
you may be asking yourself, what's our secret? It's simple. We try not to suck. Sounds easy, right? It should be. But somehow, marketing companies and media agencies always seem to get it wrong. You see, we don't make PowerPoints about doing work. We do the work because we like the work. And if one of our ideas doesn't work, you know what we do? We try another one again and again and again until our ideas start to work. Because not quitting until it's right is at the heart of not sucking. And as previously mentioned, that's what we try not to do here. Diesel Jack Media, we try not to suck. Visit us at dieseljackmedia.com. That is dieseljackmedia.com. All right, so uh, how do you get from 26 years in, then doing fancy stuff with fancy people and DOD to musician? I, it's something that I always wanted to do. So my parents got me into music uh, when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Went to Catholic schools until I graduated high school. Music was always part Good of the bad. curriculum. Good or bad. It was great for me. Yeah. I loved it. Um, so I got a really good education, even though I didn't know that that was happening at the time. But really exposed to a lot of cool stuff. Had to sing in chorus. Had to, you know, play an instrument, at least at that time. Um, so I was, I, I just always had a love for it. You know, I was introduced to it early. And so, you know, the Army has a, a funny way of, like, taking you out of things uh, or not providing the time that you would like to do things that you love um, just because it's a, you know, it's the life. Mm -hmm. But uh, I always tried to stay in bands um, when I was in the Army, and I was successful to some degree with that. Started in Second Ranger Battalion. Jeff Prowse started a band called The Acid Clowns, and I was that's the good, drummer for good, that. That's a good band name. Yeah, good yeah band. I loved it, man. Solid name. But, it, you know, every now and then throughout my career, I would be in bands, and it kept me Dan had uh, a, kept a me band in. that it was similar called The Ass Clowns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Putting the ass in acid. That's right. Sorry. Man. I, no, I was there. Good. It popped in my head. It's good. Thanks, man. That was a I'm low, pissed. Low. I didn't think of it. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I mean, that was it. And then once I, you know, uh, had kind of cut ties with the military from active duty, um, started a band called Bones Fork with a bunch of other uh, retired Green Berets. We wrote songs about and for the Special Forces Regiment and just kind of things that, so it wasn't a parody kind of stuff. It was uh, serious. Thing. It was, it was it serious. It was like. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't a parody. It also wasn't, you know, uh, Lee Greenwood-ish. It, it was, was just it was somewhere like, down the middle. It was like Lincoln Park for the military. I mean, it was kind of, I thought it was really I'm cool. I'm just guessing because I haven't heard it. Yeah. Am I, am I close at all? It, it wasn't that close, only because I didn't have that kind of range. I was just, I was the lead singer in that band. Compare it to a band that we know. Gosh. Um, this Ca is not Counting a... Crows? No, gosh. <laughs> I wish. Well, no, maybe that was a little bit too whiny for... Uh, for our style, but, um, man, I, we had been at the time compared to like an Allison Chainsy oh, sort cool. of thing, yeah, cool. but you know, that makes sense because I was a, you know, that's where I grew up and that the kind of the grunge time was yeah. when I was in my twenties, awesome. uh, early twenties. Uh, same with John, uh, John Terzan, our, our guitarist. We wrote most of the, most of the music, uh, most of the songs, rather, um, during that time. Have a couple albums out. 
it was a really uh, we're still a band we're on hiatus currently but uh yeah yeah so say the name of the band again bones fork bones fork that's right bones fork taken from uh sounds a really like, crappy like a, part of sounds like a, fan- a fantasy novel you know yeah, like yeah, Dungeons can, and Dragons. Like that's need, so true. We need to get to Bones Fork and that's get so true. The, the dagger of a jaunty. You know, like I Bones know. Fork is the name of a, a swampy creek area out in the Hoffman area where uh, they they do selection and the Q course for Very cool. for the Army Special Forces. So, so it has meaning. Oh, it's nice. horrible! It's a horrible place. Everybody who's been there has a story about it. They all end terribly. Mm-hmm. Uh, including my own stories about Bones Fork. So we kind of took do you wanna, that. And do we, you want to tell us a story about Bones Fork? No, I don't want to take us to a dark place. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess in the end, it doesn't even matter. So. <laughs> now, that was, uh, so that was that was what really got me back into it. And then, you know, when I was a DOD so civilian. So what, what, what do you play? Um, I heard drums. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I play drums. That's what I started out doing. And, and I love doing it. I'm not great, but, you know, I can keep a beat. Uh, singing. I was the lead singer in Bones Fork. Sang for another Drummer and band. singer. That's, yeah. that's not normal. No, it's not normal. Yeah. I I don't love to do both at the same time, yeah. but I, I try my hardest to, to at band. least stand Patrick. The band uh, had a drummer. That's right. Phil yeah, Collins. Collins. Yeah. Those are two great ones. But he didn't always drum. Phil Collins. Oh, when he yeah, was he solo. He oh, that's right. Nah. He was doing a lot of just singing. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. He, when he was solo, he was usually just singing. I mean, I'm sure he played on the records, but I think with Genesis, Genesis. he would play. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, man. Invisible Touch. <laughs> yeah. In the air tonight. <laughs> yeah. That was the same album. Yeah. That's a. I'm saying the the name of the album was Invisible Touch, and side A was Invisible Touch. My goodness. In too deep. Tonight, 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 and Land of Confusion. Uh, talk holy about, talk about a strong side a well you just rattled those off like yeah. you listened to them this morning you know what? I, I didn't but it's great what music do you think i think about whenever i hear in the air tonight well i always think of miami vice That's exactly right oh my gosh i, I, I didn't yeah. used to and then i saw and, and then, and then i convinced you to watch it yep it is forever in my head dude. yep in the air tonight miami vice mm-hmm. the movie yeah both the movie and the series. I don't know if I ever watched the movie. I watched oh, the series like a you, junkie. Yeah. You've got to watch the, the, the movie. Okay. Is, the movie is underrated. Way really? underrated. It's a strong Does it have film. the same actors? No. It's not the same actors. No, no, no. no. Okay. What's his, what's his name? Jamie Foxx <laughs> Colin and Farrell. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell is actually oh, okay. really underrated. He's a phenomenal actor. Jamie Foxx. I, I agree. Is, yeah, both those guys. The chart's good. Film. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a great film. Well, so, written, I, mean, I heard it was really a well disaster to make, right? Wasn't mm-hmm. it a disaster production? <clears throat> That's just I, what I've read about. I don't know, but I love the movie. Yeah, I've never it's, seen it. It is it is my personal favorite Michael Mann movie, mm-hmm. and I know that's saying a lot because I think he's great. But it's the only movie that really makes me feel like it makes me feel like I'm back in the military because of the way he shoots it. It's yeah. very shoots it dirty, camera shakes a little bit, you know, but like yeah. Anyway. It's a great film. Anyway, check it out. Yeah. I will check it out. So we were we were uh, we're talking about you getting into music. So yeah, we're we're on to band two, Bones Fork. <clears throat> yep, Bones Fork uh, had a great run. We're still doing stuff on hiatus, and then uh, you know most recently, well, I also mentioned that other band that I met while I was a DOD civilian, um, 
And we were just playing after work to blow off steam. After like a year and a half, no kidding, of just doing that, somebody was finally like, hey, we should like do this in front of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so. And that's how your OnlyFans started. That is exactly how <laughs> multiple uh, bandmates of mine, uh, OnlyFans, started. <laughs> God, it. That was a good band, man. Still is a good band. Also on hiatus right now. Yeah. Uh, because our uh, our lead singer and guitarist, who were boyfriend girlfriend at the time, yep. They ended up getting married and they had a, a brand new baby. So, so kids. Aren't yeah. Sure. I thought you were gonna go the other way that they broke up. Yeah, and, they and broke ruined, up and broke the up band. the band. <laughs> You they, know who I'm they, talking they to. Yoko'd, they yokoed you. <laughs> That's right. They totally yokoed I get, So here's a question. I want you to explain to people something <clears throat> that regular people like me will never understand. Oh, goodness. So you've got a band like the Beatles, or you've got a band like Van Halen. You've got a band that's like iconic. You get to do the thing that you love, which millions and millions of people would love to be doing. And like you can't keep your shit together because you're like aggravated with the other person. Oh my god! How does that like tell me? Because it's obviously a real thing. Yeah. Because it's not a rational thing to break up. You know, Guns and Roses should still be playing, but they're not because that's right. They hate each other. You know, yeah. or or they at least can't work together. You know, uh, John Lennon would probably still be alive right now if he if uh, he hadn't broken up the Beatles. You know, so. Uh, gosh, man. so that's heavy how does that happen uh how do you stay together or how does it break up how does how does somebody that is so successful blow it over like personality so like i want you to explain i'm not saying it's not real but like you know i'm sure there have been many days where dan was sick of my shit but like you know it's still works and yet here he is you know and and Dan is not, you know, nor I, neither of us are universally loved and making millions and millions of dollars playing music. Yeah. Like to me, if it's me, but again, I'm not, I'm not a musician, so I don't understand. To me, if Dan and I hated each other and we had a band where every, every time we played, we'd make millions of dollars, yeah. we would pretend. Yeah. We'd be like, we're boys. And then like, it'd be like, ah, okay, now we're not going to hang out. But that's not the way it works. Why? No. Explain it. No. Explain yeah. it. I. That's a great question. Uh, I tell you what. It it is hard to be in a band. It's hard to, it's hard to keep a band together, because bands are made of human beings, and uh, I think moreover because it's a creative pursuit. People's emotions uh, have to be involved. In, have to if yep. it's going to be any good at all. Yeah. And because of that. Um, <clears throat> It's been my, you know, limited experience, not in Aerosmith or the Beatles, that because of that, people just get, uh, it's very easy for people to get really kind of wrapped up in their emotions and uh, things turn adversarial when there are spotlights involved, literally. Um, and I think to, to think that you can fake it on stage is to miss something because I, I think that translates if you're on stage with somebody who you're having a really tough time with or worse, you despise for whatever reason, I think that translates. I think you will communicate that to the crowd, to the camera, whatever. That's mm-hmm. what I think. I also think that, you know, artistically, 
if you, you know, something pops for you when you're 20 years old, you know, mm. your taste at 30 is <coughs> so different. You know, um, so this is like a not a Beatles example, but if you look at, uh, you know, I grew up loving like Blink-182. And if you look at... if you I'm look, sorry. Yeah, no, but listen, there's the thing. Tom DeLong, no, who's good the band. guitarist, who's a guitarist, is actually an amazing... Uh, Songwriter, as Blink went on, they did their self-titled album, which is like actually considered like, you know, musically, like really artistic. And he was sort of taking them into this edgier alternative direction. And the other guy wanted to keep writing pop punk songs, yeah. you know? And so Tom, like, it, so, and, and that actually created for a while, it created like their best album because it was like, you know, not pop punk anymore, but it still was catchy. But it, then at some point it gets to the point where the it's The White like, Album or Sgt. Pepper's, if you will. Exactly. Yeah. So that was their Sgt. Pepper, right? So, But then at some point it gets uh, where they're so not on the same page. They've already made a bunch of money. And it was and, just time to let it be. And then you can, exactly, you know. Um, but you can, you can, and you can move on. You can say, I'm going to, I'm popular. I can make my own thing. I'll be more artistically satisfied. You know, it, I think bands that get big in their, in their it teens almo- or 20s. It almost never works, though. Yeah, Tom's I mean there are there are exceptions. Yeah, yeah. Phil Collins is a yeah, 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 true. But for whatever reason, it almost never works. Yeah, why it's, do you think it never works? Gosh, I don't know. I I mean, come on, man, give yeah. me more than that. Damn you, <laughs> you, well, you son of a gun. Gosh, these are hard questions. You should ask, you should ask someone about it. I'm asking you. <laughs> I do think there's a lot to be said for you know how people have success. As, uh, as a young person, younger band, and then how that really just changes over the course of time. Like, um, I don't want to be writing this same shit anymore. I, yeah. This is what got us popular. You know, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, why would I not go start my own thing where maybe I have a niche audience, but I can still go around. Like, maybe I'm not playing stadiums, but I'm playing music I want to play and playing, you know, 3,000 person clubs. Yeah. You know, like that's, it's a different, you know, uh, that may be more satisfying to someone. Yeah. I don't know. Even Oftentimes, for sure, it is. Are. Uh, man i think yeah i think it it probably does also i think there's you know a perfect storm uh of timing that period in your life the perf uh the combination of of a band when people are younger and how that um i don't know expectations that come with a great album or something to follow up for sure that's got to be a thing but the magic that you have uh, when it happens, and oftentimes in the moment you can't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And this is probably very similar to other teams, and that bands are teams. Um, it's probably very, very similar. You know, it, you capture that magic, you become famous for that, and people like that sound. Uh, while it may be personally more fulfilling to move on and do something else later, separately, um, if you're not recapturing that magic and it doesn't mm-hmm. sound the same to people, they don't, oftentimes, I don't think they care that you were in that particular band. If it's markedly different from what they loved about your stuff I mean, earlier. Look at Journey now. They're going to move on. Yeah, Journey's, that's right. Journey's selling out stadiums that's right. with a totally different crew, you know? Yeah, there certainly are exceptions to that rule. But, um, so yeah, I, I think I, that's I do, it. I do understand, you know, when cre- creative energy is burned out, it's tough. So, you know, like I, I made... A, a, a comedy movie, you know, five, six years ago with my friends called Range 15. Yeah. And Jared Taylor and I were talking about this the other day on the phone. And it's like, you know, we've got a couple projects we're probably going to do together. But it took 
about five, six years for all of us to just kind of get over it. And it, and it wasn't like anything went bad. It was just so hard wow. to write a movie, yeah. fund a movie, make a movie, promote a movie, make the documentary about the movie, promote that document. Like by the time we were done and it, it, it was, everybody was calling for a sequel. I mean, cause yeah. the movie did, you know, it is still the only independent film ever to top the charts on Amazon, which is super cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The movie did really well. We could have easily made a sequel and it would have done better as sequels do. We didn't have it in us. I mean, yeah. legitimately, like, I'm not just saying that. Yeah. Like, no one had it in them. Everybody was like, let's just, yeah, you know. Um, so I, I, I get that. But because I'm not a musician, I don't understand. Like, is it this? Do you think it's the same amount of creative energy that goes into like filmmaking that goes into because you do a little bit of that now too that goes into music like talk a little bit about mm. what that what's the energy that goes into this project when you're writing a song when you're making a song what is that process is it hours is it days is it months like what does it look like for you yeah for me it, it has been uh song dependent and I've had songs you know that we've written in minutes uh, and then that largely that version of it made it onto an album and then there are other songs that took a long time I would guess well in my experience I would say uh, doing film has got to be more exhausting I, I would imagine because I've never done anything like range 15 that the amount of time invested into it is so less gratifying to make that product, to make that, you know, yeah. make a film than it is for music uh, and musicians. Just my guess that musicians spend more time really enjoying themselves mm. through the songwriting process than it would, than would be, you know, for, for filmmakers. Because, gosh, I, I don't even know, like, all the set stuff that happens on set and mm -hmm. offset. Yeah. All the precursor things that have to be coordinated and done Hundred, in order to make people, it happen. Hundreds of logistics, yeah. locations. Yeah. It, it's daunting. Yeah. It's then, daunting. Gosh, editing and all that stuff afterwards, you know. Also for bands, you know, uh, for the most part, they, the musicians themselves are not also the ones doing all the, you know, the trench work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Logistics, editing, uh, mixing, mastering, all that stuff. It's not always the same people doing that stuff. So the musicians get done, even if they're just a hired gun, kind of, uh, you know, whatever, laying down guitar for a particular but, song. But it is worse. So I, I'm, I'm good friends with John Andrazik from Five for Fighting. Oh, God, what an awesome dude. He's an awesome dude. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I've been to a number of his performances, and, he, you know, we, we're in the back with him and, you know, that's a lot of work and yeah. it's a lot of energy to put on a set. And, you know, he just finished touring with, um, uh, bare naked ladies. That's right. So he toured all over the country, you know, that was nonstop and they're yeah. doing a show today, a show tomorrow, a show the night, you know, like, um, so that is a certain kind of energy, like I, being on. For is, sure. Yeah. I think, uh, what I would uh, like, 
imagine the way I would compare it would be like a film equals like an album and tour the energy right like writing their album recording the album and then going on that tour that I think that would be comparable to doing a feature in terms of time and energy I don't I know think, that'd be my guess I mean that I've seems toured like that but no I haven't I either uh listening to my my friend Chelsea uh who has done that many times I, I think that's probably a fair uh, a fair comparison to make but yeah I I'm such a small time musician you know I'm it's a labor of love for me I love it but I've never done anything do you have aspira- on that do you have level. aspirations to have like the big band or for you is it you just like to make music I, I do not have those aspirations and and I'm not if, trying to lowball you to no, you no. know well just in I case believe, I don't make I it. believe you I you yeah. are a legitimately humble person right oh, thank you like you know I, I uh you know he reminds me a lot of Ben Bunn Hollywood <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ben Bunn is a good friend of ours. I don't know if you know Ben. He's he's also from your community. Nice. Uh he is uh he is not humble. <laughs> <laughs> or quiet. Or quiet. He is funny though. We'll give oh, him that. Nice. He is funny. He is funny. Um so what band if somebody was going to look you up on Spotify? Who should we look up? What's the what's the most recent stuff, or what stuff are you most proud of? Gosh. Uh, okay, so I have three, so I'm just going to rattle off all three. Uh, Bones Fork. Bones Fork. Um, Bonesfork.com, Bones Fork, uh, and all the things. Um, we'll throw it up on the screen if you... Okay, you, awesome. You give us the information, and it'll be like, Bones well, thank Fork. You. You know, uh, maybe my main maybe band. a little jingle. Bonesfork.com, <laughs> you know. Bones. Tell you guys hello. Oh, God, I love that guy. Tell, tell him to go. That's tell right. Stop interrupting our show. Yeah. Way to make it about you, Nate. <laughs> yeah. Way to Nate, go. you had your chance. No, I'm here because of Nate Fair. You had your chance, Nate Fair, and you could have put on a better <laughs> show like the one we're doing right now, you piece of was a- shit. Anyway. He tried his best. <laughs> Nate, love you, buddy. Yeah. Uh, my other band, uh, one of my other bands, I'm the drummer for Jonathan Robinson, the Jonathan Robinson band, Jonathan Robinson. That sounds old school. That sounds like, yeah, that sounds like something out of the seventies, eighties. Yeah. Yeah. The Jonathan Robinson band. Yeah. Fantastic guitars. What kind Uh, of, what kind of band is it? Uh, Southern rock, uh, I don't know what that means. What's Southern rock? Gosh. (laughs) <laughs> I know that's a mean. good question. I know, yeah, I know exactly I'm so mean. bad at like Russell's defining hard. genres, but Russell's hard. Um, uh, Leonard Skinner. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. But also very bluesy. Um, awesome guitars. Bass players Joe Felice, who I'm also uh, in a like an acoustic duo with. Fantastic musicians. Uh, it's easy for me because I just I sit back behind them and uh, just try and kind of keep up, but. Awesome, uh, awesome. I mean, you dudes. keep saying like you're not a very good drummer, but like I'm really. But I'm, you keep getting assigned to the drumming role in multiple bands, so I think it's you your haircut. You can't be like, not a good drummer and be in a band. Yeah, I mean, they won't put up. You, you, like you can be actually, you know, you can be a <laughs> bad guitarist and be fine. I mean, you know, as long as you can play power as long chords as you know and, those and, four and chords. write and write catchy stuff, you know. But you got to be a good drummer to to you know be in a good band so i imagine he's better than he's giving himself credit Absolutely. for well, well i mean he's downplayed you. everything so yeah. far he's like 
Yeah, I was, uh, I was in SF for a little while. 26 years. <laughs> but I do want to know how years, you were only in years. E7. I do want to know how that happened. Yeah, well, uh, for a long time, I was medically non-deployable. Mm. And, and so I kind of stopped participating uh, in the promotion processes. Um, I couldn't take a team uh, when I was medically non-deployable. Mm -hmm. And so I, um, you know, this is probably a flaw of mine, but because of that, I, I never wanted to, uh, I felt like it would have been wrong of me to continue competing for Master Sergeant, get that promotion and then not be able to do the job. So, um, that's it. You know, I didn't get yeah. like busted in rank or anything like that. But man. Uh, tr trust me on this. Man, I was even right your, where I wanted your, to be. Even your sad stories are like too <laughs> nice. You know, everything is like uh, too nice. Like you know, like, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, I slept with the general's daughter. Yeah. I, I punched a major. I was waiting. You know, yeah, it's I like, like the cut of this guy's jib. You know, so my my uh, my first uh, real judo coach, Wayne Dickinson. Right. So. I'm 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 in my 40s, you know, deep into my 40s now. Wayne is still competing, so that'll give you an idea of what kind of guy he is. He is wow. still competing in high-level judo tournaments, you know. Um, judo is like it's hard to get black belt, but once you're a black belt, the like the ranks kind of just come. It's like a time horizon. It's not it's okay. not like like is a fourth degree black belt better than a uh, third degree or a second like maybe they are maybe they aren't it's just they've been in the sport for a while kind of like jujitsu is yeah. kind of the same way once you're a black belt once they give you the big promotion is you're a black belt but then it's just like you get a stripe forever however long you've been in so it's not meaningful hmm. but wayne he got the third degree black belt and he was supposed to, he was on the time horizon to get promoted to fourth but he turned it down because the rank that all of the United States Olympians compete at, like if you make the Olympics, regardless of age, you're essentially, at least this is the way it was back then, you're essentially a fourth degree black belt. That was the kind wow. of, and he's like, and he came close to that level a few times. Like he, he just missed, like he got second and the other guy went to the Olympics because he never made the Olympics. He was like, just keep me at third. Wow. And so it reminded me of you, uh, of your story. So I get oh, it. Man. I get it. Uh, well, I understand. Thank you. That's very yeah. kind of you. I understand. Now, I, I will preface it by saying I don't know that I uh, would have been competitive had I not kind of taken myself out of that process. I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> to continue a theme, I'll just say this. I was in the company of people who were amazing at that job no i get it yeah i get so, it but i don't think anybody would have been mad at you for making master sergeant no i i'm sure they wouldn't you have, know like yeah. and it's not like the army needed the money yeah true <laughs> like <laughs> true. you know yeah. like maybe take the raise you know yeah. like and yeah. just i mean there are people whose whole mos is doing the stuff that you were you had to do while you were you know on yeah. medical hiatus but yeah. hey i get it but yeah, the, so the thing for me is uh, I just got to be able to, you know, be good with my decisions. So yeah. that's always the thing. And yeah. I'm 100% good with my decisions. So there you go. That's yeah. all there is. That's all there is. Everything else, that's it. Is, everything else is, you know. Yeah. 
So you now are starting a music bit or have started a music business. What do you do? Yeah. What's it called? How do we find it? Can Thank Dan, you. Can Dan do something with it? A hundred percent. Dan can. <laughs> I don't know if they allow people like me in there. No talent hacks like me. Oh Whatever. Uh huh. Hollywood's she just had it. She took us. my whole heart whole. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I do. I do love that song. Thank you. So uh, Pine Gap Audio. Uh, there, there are uh, gosh, five of us. Also, um, uh, a veteran, uh, disabled veteran-owned organization. Um, not a nonprofit, but you know, uh, almost all of us are musicians. And yeah, we just started this this company. We do music. We do uh, voiceovers, mm -hmm. uh, some podcast work. We want to get into doing some video stuff as well. But right now we're we're still startup, so we're trying to get our music legs underneath us. Luckily, we have some uh, really so, experienced, talented people. So, who there. should reach out to you? Who should reach out to Pine Gap? Gosh, like what kind of person do that wants to do what? Um, you want to record? You want to record music? You want to? You need uh, what about music for your podcast? What about making a music video? Uh, we're not there yet. Not there we yet. Will, we will get there. But yeah. yeah, I would say right now, we're not there yet. So okay. uh, we're well, not so really here, looking for that. If somebody reaches out and says that, you call us. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Right? Yes. Dan goes down we'll do. and films it, and yeah. boom, now now it's a service you can provide people. We oh, just, man. We're just solving problems. Yeah. Left My right. gosh, I for love sure. that. Done yeah. Quite a few of those. Well, we totally want to do that. And, you know, we're nestled in uh nestled. So, yeah nestled we're nestled we are totally nestled. this guy's this guy's a writer he's a writer. <laughs> he doesn't even know it he's a i writer. do love writing yeah but so we have two studios studio a is in southern pines we're nestled studio b is in, in robbins cozy, nestled nestled, nestled in a cozy are they both nestled nook. or just studio a uh studio a is nestled okay. studio b is a commercial building okay. cavernous the awesome. The gotcha. smoke was gently billowing from the cottage. <laughs> a, plu a plume of smoke. Nestled in the mountainside. A plume of smoke was bellowing. I like the way Trout you Trout yes. hit totally the was. edge of the water, capturing the evening gnats. Oh, man. So good. <laughs> so good. Yeah, man. For people who want to record music, record... Uh, voiceovers for yeah. their content, music for their content, original music for their 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 content. Like so, yeah, if uh, the right choice, I think. So you guys could accommodate uh, a full band that's come in, or could you accommodate a singer songwriter who wants session musicians as well? Yes. Okay. Yes to both. Yeah. Yep. Cool. And we've we've done some of that. Um, the the third thing I'm going to mention is uh, a band. It's kind of a non-band but it is a collection of musicians who came together to uh to perform and record hold on reach out and the band uh name is over never out and so it's just it's a couple of uh musician friends of mine and a writer who's also a retired officer from the army uh jason hauck tony barnes who wrote a song called hold on reach out which is designed to raise money and awareness for fighting suicide in the military and veteran communities. Very and cool. uh, very proud of that. It's doing a lot of good work. Uh, they are not themselves a nonprofit, so they're not asking for anybody's money. They want to give money that's generated by the song and other things like Man, selling the music, uh, selling guys, the instruments. Guys, like this is the, this is the marketer. And like you guys should be like teamed up with, you know, 
a big nonprofit with a huge email list where you can actually get that out and people can. Yeah, you're probably right. You we've, we've done a little bit of work getting, uh, getting better at that, but it's still discovery learning. We're yeah. still kind of figuring things out on All the right. fly. Hear me out, guys. <laughs> Hollywood and Dan. Are you even paying attention? I was Dan. looking Dan. up, hold on, reach out. So was I. I was looking up, hold on, so reach out. Woo! No, yes, you're, I you're, was paying attention. Yeah, you're, Dan's mm, texting some girl it. right now. Hold on, reach out. <laughs> Pulled up on my phone. Bam. Love we need to right. we Thank need you. to just right now commit to some collaboration with Robert. I'm I don't to it. I don't know what it is yet. I want it to be something ridiculous though. That's my ask. Is we do something ridiculous and we also make some introductions to to help with that song. But on the ridiculous side, I feel like we need to make the ultimate music video. Oh my god. I'm in. I'm in. A thousand Hollywood? times yes. Well, are you in or are you out? Dude, I've already been Cuz if I need if I He's if already I, made 3 if videos I need, in his If head, I need to direct one. this shit, Before I will do it. Got here, I talked to him about doing this on my own without you. Oh. Oh, I see how it is. <laughs> yeah, originally it was just going to be the see, three of us. I see how it is. <laughs> Sorry. I see I see how it is. I've signed the contract. In your inbox. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna whoops. say something. You you are only the second uh, veteran that I have ever met that does not print veteran at all. Wow. There is nothing about you on the surface that prints 26 years in special Absolutely operations. Not. Like wow. nothing. You well. remind me of uh, one of my best friends. His name is Randy Lalo. And Lalo? Ran Randy was enlisted. Low altitude, low opening. Uh, a, a nice, a, a nice man. Filipino boy. He, uh, he, he was enlisted and then went to West Point. Uh, we went to all the infantry shit together, and then we both ended up in Germany, and we were roommates. Nate, uh, Nate Eldridge, Randy Lalo, and myself. We had a, we rented a hat. We pooled our resources and rented a big house that we wired with speakers so we could have parties. But nice. also a musician, very talented musician. His he's a guitar player first, uh, and like he learned to sing to accompany his guitar. But uh, he's he written a lot of his own music. But he also has the same like, aw shucks, you know. Oh, I just you know I was lucky enough to you know like hit you know, a like Robert, oh Robert by far yeah. Is the I'm telling you, I'm telling you, just like Randy's more of a dick, though. Maybe maybe Robert has that, but he's holding it back. But Randy has I'm suppressing he has so much. the he has the subtle jabs oh, he that he throws out there that like at first go under the radar. Then your brain catches up and you're like, oh, you mother. You know, you know I was going to wait till after the show. And I, I'm dead serious to say it, but. Robert, really, you you are a very nice guy. You you were like well, we I, don't know that maybe he's no, a he's a, he, I can tell this guy is a legitimately <laughs> good dude. I've thoroughly enjoyed dude. having. Why him are you here. knife handing Man. him right now? I don't know. I'm just yeah, you know. I respond well to threats. <laughs> I, yeah. So no, I was gonna. You're a good show, dude. You know, I really enjoyed having dude. you. You're a great guy. But I'll just tell you on air. Thank you so you know? much. Man. Good wow. fucking guy. Now I'm embarrassed. So Robert, do we have permission to uh, put uh, hold on, reach out on, on the show, play a little bit of it? hundred percent. Thank you. Yes. Then he sues us. He's not yeah. a great guy at all. I'm just completely wrong. He's an asshole. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Put it out yeah. there. Dear Jason, That'll be one. I got another dollars. one on the hook. <laughs> yeah, we would. God, man, we, we would totally appreciate that. 
Yeah. Our uh, our what I always say is uh, this this particular mission, mm-hmm. the task task org, is everybody. So anything that everybody does uh, or can do, we would appreciate that. And I mean, it's not just about the song. You know, there there are a lot of people, and really, this is to the point of the song. There are organizations, nonprofits out there already having su- success and doing this work, carrying the water for the cause. We are not those people. So when people try to donate to the song, like that's not even a thing. We just direct them to uh, these organizations that are out there having the most success in this. Space. But but you have to, I'm telling you, you, you that's, a, that's not the way to think about it. You have to have yeah. a portal, even if it's through another nonprofit, so that people can take direct action. Because if I hear your thing and I'm like, hey, I want to help, and you're like, you got to go here. You got to go here. I'm all like, I'm like, especially this generation now, oh, good point. people are like, yeah. I've already oh, fallen. I'm, I'm, I'm already, I've already clicked one thing. link. Yeah. yeah. It's like, couldn't possibly. Oh, click yeah. One link. <laughs> okay. My, I, I have, have to put in my email address. My, my clicking thumb is tired. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> Do you hear that? Hollywood just said I was hundred percent right. I don't think I've ever heard him say that my entire life. Usually it's a yeah, but you're right, yeah, you're right. yeah, but make it easier. Yeah. All right. We could use this help, yes. Tell us one time you were mean to someone because I can't handle this oh my God. golden boy bullshit uh, that you're feeding us right I, now. I have been, yeah, definitely <laughs> not a golden boy. Um, certainly there are people out there right now watching this being like, well, let me just uh, tell you. Uh, took me a long time to grow up, so... Uh, because of that, it, it, it took me a long time to figure out this is the person that I want to be. Mm-hmm. And I've been just a, a shit to, to some people in my past. You know, uh, I've not made it around to, to apologize to those people personally. Um, maybe I'll say yet, um, but for sure, man. There, there are things, there are misgiv- misgivings that I have in my past that lead me to try and do the best I can to make up for those things. So that's the path that I'm on right now. I'm, I fail at this every day, mm-hmm. but I'm still trying. Um, so I don't have a story uh, to tell you about something shitty I've done, but trust me, that's I, I've done those I feel, things. Are we going to allow that? We're going to let him. I, I appreciate that. Because if you, if you had a bad past, you can't pick out one thing you did that was fucked up. Yeah. You just it, it all goes into the the time that I was bad. And I'm trying to not be that guy. Yep. Just like Sam Jackson. I knew I knew I knew <laughs> you were going to go right into I'm trying hard to be the shepherd. <laughs> I knew exactly where you were going. Right, like that's like this long that, soliloquy, <laughs> the second you started with your bullshit soliloquy Hollywood, I knew we were going to end with Sam Jackson. I knew it. Why wouldn't you take it then? That's my question. This predictable motherfucker. God, man. So I just, that was evasive. But uh, yeah, yeah man, that's, that's, yeah, that's the deal. Okay, thank you for that non-answer, sir. You're very welcome. All right, anything else you want to tell us before we do the, the, the rapid fire round? No. All right. No, I'm ready for uh, rapid fire. Ooh, man. All right, the first question is, Picture this, a world where medical devices not only save lives, but also set new standards for design and usability. 
That's exactly what HDO Health is all about. They are the pioneers in developing innovative, life-saving, and cost-effective medical devices. They're on a mission to revolutionize healthcare with their groundbreaking creations. And let me tell you about their latest game changer, the Journeykit. If you've ever worked in the medical field, you know just how crucial a reliable, functional tourniquet can be. With its innovative user-centered design, it's setting a new gold standard for medical devices. It's not just a piece of equipment, it's a testament to innovation. HDO's team of experts has poured their knowledge and passion into crafting a device that's not only effective, but also easy to use under pressure. Whether it's an emergency situation or a planned procedure, you can trust the Journeykit to perform flawlessly. So listeners, if you're a medical professional, a healthcare enthusiast, or simply someone who values groundbreaking advancement, you need to check out HDO Health. Visit their website at www.hdohealth.com to learn more about their innovative projects and the incredible impact they're making on the medical field. Man. All right, the first question is that we ask everyone, regardless of what's in the hat. Dan, did you put any music-specific things in here, or were you a lazy sack of shit? Mm. Lazy sack of shit. Okay, you're going to come up with three music-centric questions okay. that you're going to ask right. sometime during. You can shout them out okay. after any question I have, but All the right. fact that you don't have any in here, I'm judging you. Okay. I just want you to know that. And you know I've judged that you've failed me. Judge away. Okay. What is the toughest animal that you think you could defeat in hand-to-hand -hand combat? The... The giraffe. Really? Yeah. The hardest bones, the hardest organic matter on planet Earth is giraffe mm. bone. I did not know that. And they're extremely heavy. That's right. And they stomp. Mm. I, no, I, but like you're saying full-grown giraffe, you can take it. Uh, no. I, <laughs> I was just trying to think of an animal, and I don't know why. I could. Giraffe was the first thing that popped in my head, and I couldn't force it out. Yeah. Okay. I think I could probably defeat a, an alligator. Yeah? It, given, like, and this is all strategery. That's a, that's a bold... That's right. How big of an alligator? What are we talking? I mean, smallish. Not. I'm like, not talking like about a, an 18-footer. Like a 6, 7-footer? Like yeah. Okay. I think I could do that. What would be the strategy? Uh, approach from behind. Yep. Jump on top. Yep. Grab that, that mouth yep. while it's closed. Mm -hmm. I think it yep. seems like it's easier to keep it closed if yeah. it's already closed. And then just probably... I don't know. I would think go through the, the eye socket to get to something that to get can to scramble the up that's just Robert, renders it. You're very lucky. We happen to have a six foot alligator. <laughs> <laughs> I could. <laughs> I think Pete would sue us, but I, I like didn't where bring you guys at. anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Rapid fire questions. Uh, name your top three favorite cars. Man. Okay. I'm not a car guy. Couldn't care less what I personally you know what? drive. You know what, then? You know what? Let's yeah. change it. Okay. Top three favorite bands. Okay. You got to be quick, though. We can't, yeah, you're we right. can't you're dilly right. dally. Uh, number one uh, is Metallica. And oh, yeah. the Metallica I'm talking about is uh, everything before the Black Album. Knew, Not that I, I don't I, like the other stuff, I fucking but knew it's you, my favorite. I knew you were going to say that. Really? I, knew, I did. Okay. I did. I did know you were going to say that. Okay. Nice. So yeah. that's one. Um Gosh, be quick, Rob. Now I'm having a, uh, I'm 
blanking names of bands that Can't I love. Can't even name three bands. Yeah. You call yourself a musician. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, Sticks. Okay. All right. Uh, I love their uh, Todd Zuckerman, the drummer. Just amazing. So, uh, and then the last one I'm going to say, kind of something maybe cheesy to some people, but the, uh, the B-52s. Nice. It's awesome. Yeah. What's one job nobody could pay you enough to do? Uh, God, I would do, I'd probably do anything. Huh. Uh, nobody could pay me enough to go uh, back on active duty in the military right now. That's fair. What yeah. song, album, or concert most formed you as a mu- musician? Song, yeah, gosh. Uh, I remember you uh, by Damn. Skid Row. Damn. Yeah, it came out when I, uh, I was I in basic training, and for whatever reason, like I love that song. Sebastian Bach is one of the, the greatest singers ever day. made. I wanna hear yeah. you say, "Hit it." Yeah, I remember you. Oh, that- <laughs> I don't. I don't have his range, or I don't. I also don't sound like him. What's but your I love go-to that. karaoke song? Oh man, uh, an Elton John song, "Candle in the Wind." Hit love us with it. ten seconds of it. Uh, Go. Give us your best. Commit. And I would have liked to have known you, but I was just a kid. Your candle burned out long before your legend ever did. Keep going. Keep going. Your candle burned out long before your legend ever did. <laughs> uh, thank you for that. I had no idea that that was about to come my, out, but I fav- asked for it's it. My, it's my favorite app. God, major, <laughs> major or minor scale? God, I'm not a music theory guy, so I'm going to say minor. Okay, reverb or no reverb on the vocals? Reverb, man. Oh, thank you. I need it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I think you just... I think he just gave us the best 10 seconds of karaoke we've had. I mean, I don't think it's even close. Well, I mean, what what fictional character do you think you're most like? Uh, the liger. What's the worst piece of advice you've ever been given? <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. I, uh, I'm terrible at this. No, you're not. Yeah, uh, no, no, worst he, piece of advice is. I've ever been given is uh, the best thing you could do is just, you know, find something that you love and, uh, you know, follow that. And that's going to be the secret to life. You think that's the worst piece of advice? I actually do think that that's the worst piece of advice. And and I would not have supposed, said that until very recently. a short recently. question, but I'm yeah. going to ask you to expound I'll on that. <laughs> I, I'll allow it. I don't, I don't remember who it was, but I heard somebody talking about this particular topic, and I just thought, man, you know what? That's exactly right. So uh, do follow your dreams, but like you got to find something, some way to be productive, and you're not going to be great at it right away, but you got to you got to fucking do it and you got to stick to that and you're going to get better. And then that will later on give you the ability to then find what you love and then maybe give you, uh, you know, uh, you can do that and make a life out of that. So I'm with you. So there's, there's the fallacy of perpetual happiness. Yeah. 
I, I warn oh, I warn people about this all the time because yep. I've had a relatively happy life. I've generally been like you know content with what I'm doing, and you know like that being said, a lot of misery too. You know, and yeah. and like um, it comes with the territory. Like you have to earn the things that you want, and they don't come easy. If they came easy, then everybody would be doing it. And yeah. so like. You know, going back to my Ranger Up days, um, it was a blast to make content and to have people enjoy what we did and to go to the UFC fights and, and you know, see yeah. people in our, stu our apparel. It was not a blast to, uh, you know, do inventory forecasting. It was not a blast to figure out how to get financing because we were growing. It was not a black, like none of that stuff was fun. Yeah. yeah. But there's no Ranger Up without it, right? That's right. Similarly, like, you know, the business we're doing now, there's a lot that is great about it. And then there are other challenges, right? Like it, it's hard. I enjoy it as a whole, but like this whole, like you never work a day in your life. Like I work my ass off right. all the time. Right. And sometimes you work your ass off and you don't get rewarded and it, you have to be okay with that. Yep. You know, so that's I'm right. with you on the, on the concept. Yeah. I do think you should follow what you love, but I, yeah. but I do think that it is silly to think you're going to love a hundred percent of it or even that. Yeah. So, so this is the other thing, right? You love music. Yep. You know, and I, I can tell without even asking you, you know there is a good chance you're never going to get rich doing this. Yeah. But you're doing it anyway, and in, yeah. you, you enjoy it anyway. If you do get rich, it'll be a bonus. Yeah. If you don't get rich, you at least need a structure so that you can make enough to live. That's, That's the right. goal, right? Do yep. what you love, make enough to live. Yeah. If you, but if you suddenly couldn't, you would get another job. So that is the thing is like you have to be willing to suffer to do that thing. If, if you are, it's it's good. But if the idea is like I'm a musician, I'm going to make it big. Maybe you don't really love music as much as you think yeah. you did. Yeah. You know, maybe you, you want to be big more than you want to be big more than you want to be. Yeah. I mean, and if yeah. you're if, you, if you're making enough to live doing like any form of art, you're, you're in the top. Point one percent, you know, but, but, but like, yeah, yeah you're you're, like to be you're a professional yeah. and make a living doing that, you're you are in the top one percent of 100%. artists, like point yeah, one percent. Yeah. Yeah. So like, don't like, you know, I have a friend who just now he, he's a painter and he's that's all he's doing now. And I'm yeah. like, dude, like, and he's like, oh, I could be making more. I'm like, dude, you're painting full time. You're in the top point one percent of painters. You got to be proud of that, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's about perspective sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Whoa, Dan, I like that. Dan coming Whoa. up. Dan coming out of nowhere. <laughs> that's a better that's a better way to put uh what what i said yeah uh the words just weren't coming for, but you got exactly what i was talking about all right this is that's we're doing right. the longest short answer questions we've ever had i know God. if you could invite three people to dinner living or dead fiction nonfiction, who would they be <laughs> king kamehameha No, Grandpa Bozarth. 
That is a great name. I'm going to name something Bozarth from here on out. And I would say... my my dachshund chili who passed so i guess james hetfield's invitation got lost in the mail <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> what would be your weapon of choice in the zombie apocalypse be as specific as possible okay it would be a weapon that might not exist but i want it to exist and the uh god last starfighter that that thing, mm -hmm. that spaceship that mm -hmm. could go death blossom and just spin and shoot seemingly the, unlimited rounds of the, lasers. This is the best answer that we've ever received. Holy Thank this. you very much. He pulled the last starfire. Death blossom. Yeah. A death wow. blossom. What is the most interesting place you've ever been to? Mongolia. Dream concert, Bill. Great, great wrestling in Mongolia. Great wrestling. Yes. Opener and lead act. Dream concert, Bill. The more I try to hurry myself, the slower I'm going. <laughs> Son of a bitch, no, Dufresne. Okay. All right. I like that. Long. Thank you. Milk it. Dream, filling, opening, and headliner. So I wanna, I wanna see Fleetwood Mac mm. open for Metallica. Yeah, I already got them in there, so they're automatically out. Fleetwood Mac opens for Rage Against the Machine. Ooh, I love it. Which That's which Fleetwood Mac uh, album? Gosh, I'm terrible at album names. I, uh, the cover's white. The cover's white that I'm thinking of. Yeah, the cover's white. I'm, I'm terrible yeah, with. Yeah, uh, look it up. Find out what it be is. Be edgy. That's that yeah. should be the name. The, the cover's on, white. The bands, on the, bands on the cover. White cover with. Uh, yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're talking with about. With Mick Fleetwood and, and Mick standing right there. Yep. Rumors? No, it's true. <laughs> Did you see the you setup waiting. for that long oh, joke? You were waiting. I knew exactly what album it was. <laughs> I knew I should have gone with Tusk. That was such a long setup. <laughs> Woo! Lying it's the in best wish. thing that's ever happened to me on this show. You were nestled. What's your favorite age yeah. so far? 51. All right, all right. What celebrity would you most like to switch lives with and you can't give a wuss answer like, I love my life so much mm. I would never switch. Yeah, uh, good call. <laughs> Will Ferrell. That's a great one. Yeah. He's just Favorite so. book you've read in the last year? Uh, the Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. It's a good book. Well, that's twice in a row. It's a good book. It's a good book. It's important. What's your guilty pleasure or something you're embarrassed to admit you like? My guilty pleasure is uh, like ABBA, huh? you know, nice. listening to ABBA, I'll tell loving you, I'll, the music that I'll ABBA created. I used to, when I, when, I, when I ran in the past, when I was a young man, I used to run to like angry shit, you know, like Eminem, like you gotta use, you know, like working hard and just, <laughs> and uh, I have switched it up because what I found is that as an older man, like, 
I can still run like a good mile, but like not, I can't keep that up anymore. Like I used to be able to. And I found that this, the angry music makes you like sprint unnecessarily. ABBA, you know, it just keeps you like happy. And it's like, Hey, we're relaxed. We're hitting nines today. And you're just like, you can dance (laughs) and you don't feel like it's not like I got to go fast or I don't have anyone to impress because I'm listening to ABBA. That's right. Like that's where it's at. Like, let's just, let's put some ABBA greatest hits on and run, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I am not a runner uh, anymore. I hate running. Yeah. but But I think that I could run to ABBA probably a lot more easily than uh, yeah, harder music or no music yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah. I like I basically have to do like running or rocking. I just like it. It. I don't enjoy it, but it's necessary for me not to die. Nice. You know, like lifting yeah. I can always do and it's yeah. easy and I enjoy lifting. But like I know that I I need cardiovascular exercise and, you know, so I have to commit to it. Mm-hmm. ABBA makes it easier. That's all I'm saying. I have yet to commit to it. Uh, but also I do recognize, yeah. Try, try a little, you try, a last? Little, try a little ABBA's greatest hit. See what happens. Yeah. See if it changes your way of looking at you life. You can knock okay. out just amazing cardio in like 15 minutes though. If you just did, you know, like got did a little rower sprint bike, you know, circuit and it's better than running like five miles. You know? I hate running so much. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I might I try just, that. I just, oh, circuits it. are the best yeah. for cardio. It's They're, the worst thing and, ever. And I was a good runner. Yeah. Like I was a good runner. Back in the not like elite, but like I yeah. like a ten thirty eight two mile. Okay, wow. So like to that me, was, that's that elite. Was, yeah, yeah that's that was good. my that's really that good. was my wow. That was my best. My yeah. gosh, so, I was never a good runner, even in, uh, as, as an eighteen uh, year old ranger. Not a good runner. Hated yeah. it. Still yeah. hate it. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna follow your advice. Uh, I'm circuits, gonna try man. And find now, something now that I can a ten thirty eight one mile is. I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really would. Yeah, be just too. keep that pace. I do quarter miles sometimes, but yeah, I rarely, I usually do 45 second intervals. That's a good, like it's, you get enough, um, you know, four rounds. I pick four, uh, different things, 45 seconds, four rounds. Try that rower. Hey, Hey Hollywood, quick question. Are we on the Dan tells us how to exercise podcast right now? Well, he is an exercising expert. (laughs) Boom. Because if he doesn't exercise every day. He's a sad panda. Serial, the serial killer frequency spikes immediately. <laughs> Anxiety. Okay. All right. Let's let's close this out. Do you want to, since since you've taken over the show, do you want to close this out? I'd be happy to. Yeah, close this out, Dan. Hold on Hello, a folks. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. I have, I have to text. I have to text Dan something really quick before he closes it out. Why? Why are you texting in the middle of our show? Hold on, I wrote it down. Hollywood, are you not paying attention at all? I'm totally paying attention. Is the camera on? The cameras are on. These cameras aren't even real. These cameras, that's right. Hang on just one second, excuse me. Did we just have a conversation for no reason? What's happening right now? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's, that's, that's all right. Hollywood just trying to get on camera. <laughs> just trying to weasel his way into the big screen. All right, folks. Well, thanks for joining us this week. That was the neutral position with the formidable Nick Palmashana. <laughs> thanks to the lovely... Mr. Dufresne for joining us. Uh, truly kind man whose jib I love the cut of. This has been the Dan Mercer Show, and <laughs> we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>